Listeners love Adam Crowley. Just between you and me, I believe you're fat, ugly, dumb, and gutless. Just personal opinion. The Adam Crowley Show. When you're done with your program, we can discuss this out in the parking lot. I mean, you're, you're a tough guy. On ESPN Pittsburgh. Adam Crowley on vacation with his in-laws and presumably his wife, because it'd be weird if he just went on vacation with in-laws without his wife. Uh, so I'm in, Rob Rossi here, uh, filling in the chair uh, at the headquarters, uh, ESPN Pittsburgh. Thanks for listening. We've got about an hour left. 412-922-2874. 412-922-2874 is the number. To call if you want to get in on the conversation, though, I'll be honest, I don't really need you. Like, I'm fine talking to myself. I've been doing it all my life, on most of my dates, pretty much all relationships, in the office, out of the office. Wait, are we live? A um, couple of, I don't want to say housekeeping, but... A couple of things I did want to bring attention to, not super sports related. Uh, one, if you've been following me on the Twitter machine, at real underscore Rob Rossi, I am also the city paper uh, editor now, and uh, so my world is not just sports. I've been retweeting a lot of one of our staffers there, Ryan Dito, who you can follow on the Twitter machine as well. Uh, he is at Ryan Dito, at... Ryan D E T O. Uh, he's down at um, he's downtown right now, where there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of stuff. I don't know how else to say it. And I wish I had a better word going on. Look, it's been a really hard week in Pittsburgh. It's been a hard week in America. Uh, we're we're seeing a lot of things that don't always make us feel great about our position in the world. And um, I, I can't be the only one I think that has had a hard week sort of watching a lot of what's been going on down at Texas at the border where obviously the NHL draft is, but also in Pittsburgh. Um, I don't want to make this a political debate. It's not one, but there's a pirate game in town tonight. There's people trying to get home. A lot of things are being disrupted by these protests. And I'll just say, I've been to parts of this world where you can't do this. I know people who live in parts of this world where you can't do this. So if you're one of these people that I heard like coming in today saying, you know, I hope they stop doing this because it inconveniences me. I don't care if you're protesting pirates ownership by not going to games. If you're protesting a cause that's near and dear to your heart or protesting something that you don't believe is important at all. I've been to parts of the world where you can't do this and we can still do this here. And that's, that's something. Protests seem to have been in the news a lot for the last year, going back to the NFL season. And they're a very divisive thing, right? Because if you're protesting something, you're usually protesting something somebody else is in favor of. But 
I know people would be like, Rossi, what are you doing? What are you talking about? This is in sports. It, it does tie into sports this way. Fundamentally, what do we love about sports? Isn't it the combative nature of it? Isn't it the, the arguments you can have? Who is the best? Isn't that what it fundamentally comes down to, the competition? And I think maybe more than any group in America right now, definitively enthusiastic sports fans understand what it's like to really make things partisan. But they're also the ones that can usually step back once the arguments have been had, once the battles have been contested, and get back to civilized behavior. So as much as I say, you know, Penguin fans with this, or Pirate fans with this, or Steeler fans with this, I think in divisive times, we should look at fans of sports in America for a template on how to handle this because there is nothing more contentious regularly. There's nothing more baked in with dissension than sports in our country. There's a good side and a bad side no matter which side you're on. And there's also no better example of when it's over, getting back to normal. That's all I want to say about that. Speaking of back to normal, uh, a guy that's a staple in this community when it comes to covering sports, uh, Pirates baseball and baseball specifically, and a good friend to a lot of us, uh, John Parado, who you can follow on the Twitter machine at Jay Parado. Uh, he has his own newsletter, the Parado Report, and I'll give that a plug here today. You can follow that on the theparadoreport.com. Follow John at Jay Parado on Twitter. Uh, John put this tweet out about six hours ago. Good personal news. The CT scan showed no signs of cancer returning. I begin chemotherapy as a preventive measure Tuesday. Again, I can't thank everyone enough for the prayers, kind thoughts, and continued encouragement. It means so much. Uh, John, uh, thank you. Uh, years of remarkable coverage of baseball in this town. He's a ball guy, man. He's a ball guy. That's what he loves. That's what he does really well. And uh, T.O., as we call him, not exactly sure why we call him that either. For a while, I called him OC when I covered the Pirates just because I got the T.O. part wrong and I just like made up my own initials. Uh, I spent a spring training in 2006 in utter disarray as a young reporter, or younger reporter, I should say. Uh, covered the Pirates. I'd come off covering the Super Bowl. I had about four days to get ready to go down for spring training. Everyone's like, oh, spring training is the greatest thing in the world. Well, it is until you realize you're down there for 48 days and you're getting up at 5 a.m. so you can get to a ballpark before 7 a.m. And once the games start every other day, you're traveling a couple hours and, you know, you're trying to work ahead on stuff you have to begin the season and then work on the daily stuff. And you're trying to pay attention to things like this guy threw six different pitches today than the six pitches he threw three days ago. And the spin was much crisper than it was six days ago. And it felt good coming out of his hand. And you're like, he threw six pitches. Like he threw four yesterday, you know. And you realize in spring training that about two days into it, the hitters are ready. They're like, yep, yeah, let's go. 
we're good. And the pitcher's like, no, let's stretch this out a bit. And, uh, so when I was down there, I was bored out of my mind. And John was down there for most of it. I believe he was covering for the Beaver County Times at the time. I was covering it for the Tribune Review. And he showed me the ropes, him and his wife, Brenda. Uh, great people. Uh, I'm so thrilled to hear John is getting a healthier bill of health, a bill of wellness. And I wish him uh, and Brenda all the love and support during this. But that's just great news. And in a week where we needed some, you know, Johnny, I told you before, as Jim Tracy said, you were the 2004 Dodgers and the cancer had no shot. So that's a way inside joke if you covered the uh, 2006 Pirates and Jim Tracy, who spoke of the 2004 National League Western Division champion Los Angeles Dodgers as the definitive baseball team of a generation. They won one playoff game. One. That's one playoff win for the 2004 National League Western Division champion, Los Angeles Dodgers. Not that I've ever won a division as a baseball manager. I'm not denouncing it. I'm not paying it no attention. It's very hard to do. But the 27 Yanks, they weren't. Um... NHL draft tonight. I don't know how many people are paying attention because I think the Penguins pick in next year. I don't, I mean, it's like, one year I covered a draft where the Penguins did not have a pick in the first four rounds. It was like, do-de-do, you know, we're just sitting there like making up, like we're just, Penguin writers, me, Dave Molinari at the post at the time, we're just kind of like, so what do we want to do? You know, want to play cards? Want to, uh, I don't know. You need a soda? Yeah, I'll go get a soda. Everybody else is frantically, and we're like, they don't pick. They just won the Stanley Cup. They don't have any picks. There's no picks. None. First round, gone. Second round, gone. Third round. Fourth round, like, they pick. And then they then you get to the fifth round, and they're ready to pick, and you're like, nah, they don't really have a pick. Is that this round? So here's the thing about the NHL entry draft, guys. Uh, the first round takes four hours. Rounds two through seven take three. Like, you start the NHL entry draft at 7. It ends around 11.30 that night, right? The next morning, the draft starts at 10 and is over before 2. It goes from the National Predators, want to thank the city of Dallas, every Texan, cowboy boot wearers across the world, 10-gallon hat makers, People that like stars, people that watch stars, people that have now subscribed to the Stars Network. Anybody that's been in green, anybody that's been from Minnesota and moved to Dallas, anybody that would like to move to Houston in case Houston gets an NHL team, anybody in Seattle that might want an NHL team. We'd like to thank the Las Vegas Golden Knights for having an NHL team, and we apologize for saying loss because we know you're just Vegas, but congratulations on a fine season. And on behalf of the National Predators, we also want to congratulate the Stanley Cup champion, Washington Capitals, and all their fans for a job well done. And now with the arena asleep, with our pick in round one of the 2018 NHL entry draft, 
The Nashville Predators would like to proudly select and welcome to the city of Nashville, where we have so many great, wonderful Nashville Predator fans watching at a watch party. And you're at this and like, well, I missed the end of Crosby's career just with the Predators ramble before the, uh, the pick. And this happens for like 30 picks, okay? And then Gary Bettman is like, we have a trade to announce. And then he does that thing where the chin is up and he's doing that. And, you know, it's like, we have a trade to announce. And then he does our long pause. And then they announce like, the Ottawa Senators trade their pick and won in 2026 to the Florida Panthers for their first round pick and won in 2023 plus a conditional pick next year. They're also going to be adding a pick that was made three years ago, but we forgot that person's name. So, uh, who's on the clock? We don't know. Okay, well, somebody's making a pick. And then the Florida Panthers come up, even if they've already gone through the whole Nashville Predator scenario, they're like, the Florida Panthers would like to say thank you to the great host of the Dallas community and the stars. And it goes on and on. And, and for four hours, they do this to 30 players players have been like they've matured by the end of the first round the first overall pick has played 10 games but then the next day it's like uh, the pittsburgh penguins select this guy the philadelphia flyers select this guy the norwegian supreme select wait a minute they're in the league no all right well we're just making anybody now let's go is he here yeah take him it's the greatest thing in the world to cover if you're a journalist and if you're watching it as a fan, I have no idea what you're doing. There are so many more entertaining things to watch in the NHL entry draft. Uh, when we come back, Josh Joey will join me on the Adam Crowley Show. I'm Rob Rossi. In for Adam. This is ESPN Pittsburgh. It's time! It's time! It's Yoey time! That was a little bit of a uh, stick tap to the late, great Big Van Vader. Did you like that one, Joshua? That threw me off guard a little bit. <laughs> but, I mean, you know. I mean, well, you caught me off guard this week with all that Phil Kessel stuff, so, brother. Well, I mean... Listen, before we even get into that, I think we should tell everyone that you threw me off guard when you invited me to dinner at the Outback Steakhouse in Bethel Park like an hour before it flooded. Yeah. Like, I don't know if you were up to no good there or what. Well, you know, I started, I started thinking the gods are telling me something, Rossi, as you come back to the South Hills. By the way, Josh, uh, you've, you're one of the few members of the Pittsburgh media that have been in my home, uh, uh, you know, checking for signs of life. And um, remember my garage? I do. It's now my pool because there was so much water when I got home the other night. So we are just star-crossed, Josh. We can't get together. Uh, You should have lived more in the suburbs like I do. We don't get flooded. Yeah, well, I don't make your money anymore, man. Okay. uh, Josh Oe, uh, Penguins beat reporter extraordinaire for The Athletic. 
You know where to find him. So I'm not even going to tell you. He's got like more followers than me by like twice as many now. I once was the master. Now I am nothing. All right, Josh, um, you're in the big D. Uh, what's going to happen with the Penguins tonight? Because they don't have a pick, but I get the feeling that, you know, Jim, Jim Rutherford this time of year, he's kind of like a kid with candy, right? He's like a kid with sugar addiction, right? And he gets around this and it's just like Starburst, m M&M, and Swedish Fish, Toffee, Taffy, like, and it's just like, must have something. So is he going to have That's something right. by the end of the night? Um, I certainly think by July 1st something's going to happen, and it wouldn't shock me if it happens tonight. If you do your homework with Jim Rutherford, uh, he's been in more than 20 drafts, of course, almost 30, in fact, and there's been a trade made, I believe, around 80% of the time during the draft weekend. It's when he's comfortable making trades, and you're right. Um, his instinct is to be aggressive, and I talked with him the other day, and he said that last year was different. He didn't really want to trade anyone off of that team last year, he just had such loyalty to the guys who were trying to win three in a row, and they didn't win it this year. And he said that kind of opened his eyes a little bit to the fact that they probably do need some fresh blood. So there's a trade coming at some point pretty soon. Could it be tonight? Sure, it could. Josh, are we my guest here on the Adam Crowley Show? Uh, Josh, we are talking about that term, fresh blood, fresh blood, fresh blood. And it's a general term. You know this team better than anybody. What? What? specifically are their needs because people say depth people say you know infusion of some some new energy some fresh blood but what's the real need and how can they address it because they they seem to be limited in terms of what their tangible assets are to to make a move unless they want to do something big well that's right um first of all I don't see them doing anything major in free agency. As things currently stand right now, they can't. Right. They just don't have the money. Um, if they're going to make a significant move in free agency, they'll be having to trade somebody, a Connor Sherry or a Matt Hunwick, maybe both, to, to try to free some salary, which is possible. Um, but when I look at the Penguins, uh, we know what their problem was last season. They gave up way too many goals. But they're not going to go out and get a bunch of new defensemen or a new goaltender. Uh, and, in fact, most of those guys actually had good seasons. It was a team-wide issue. Yeah. And the fact is, when I look at the Penguins, Rob, they're still built to win games with offense, with scoring right. goals. And Crosby and Malkin and Kessel had great years last season, but the depth scoring wasn't there anymore. It, you know, with Benino and Cullen gone and Broussard being a disappointment and Shea playing well but not really being an offensive guy, they need guys in the bottom six who can score. And I really think that's what Jim's trying to get. Does he have one on the roster in Derek Broussard? Does he have a guy that is going to be a bottom six guy no matter what position he plays? Does he have a guy that can fill the need that Jim thought was being filled when they have him? Because I do question that, and I'm not... Look, every time I question something Jim Rutherford does, people bring up the one sweet that I didn't mention in that little rant, which is ice cream. But my point is, I feel like the Derek Broussard, the Penguins... Acquired and the Derek Broussard that people remember are two different players, and I don't know if that previous version is. I don't know if it's a great bet that he's coming back. I think he's the most interesting person on the Penguins roster because of that. Um, I think Jim knows he gave up too much for him, and obviously everyone was disappointed in how he played. I think there's a a part of Jim that still wants to see Broussard for a full year kind of a stubbornness. You know what? We know how good this guy is. This guy's going to score 20, 25 goals if he just has a whole year to play, maybe with Kessel on the third line, whatever. But I think there's another part to Jim that realizes, boy, 
This guy's had four shoulder surgeries. He's not the player he was five years ago. I know for a fact Montreal has showed some interest in him. They could certainly trade him if they'd like. And if you trade Broussard and you save a few million off the cap, then all of a sudden things get different. Even if you only get maybe a young player and a draft pick or something in return, but that money that opens up, you can go sign Jack Johnson and have a you know a third defensive pair of Jack Johnson and Jamie Alexiak. That's pretty darn good. Or you can go out and get a forward or trade for a forward. So that would open things up. And don't be shocked if it happens. I have heard that name come up more than once. Um, let's touch back here, Josh. Uh, and we're talking to Josh Yoey. Follow him on the Twitter machine at Josh Yoey underscore PGH. Uh, you said Jack Johnson as a as a third defense pairing option uh, or, or component is pretty good. We're hearing his name a lot. How much of that do you think is smoke? How much of that do you think there could be a real fire there? I think he's a guy they're interested in. I, the reason you're always going to hear Jack Johnson's name come up in relation to the Penguins is because he and Sidney Crosby are very close friends, and they have been for 15 years. Um, that's why his name always comes up. Uh, that said... I mean, so is Max does, Talbot. I mean, they just traded Crosby's best, one of his best friends a year ago, Marc-Andre right. Fleury. So it's like, I mean, yeah. And and that doesn't mean that much. That, that I think that's why fans are always talking about Jack Johnson's name. But I, I do know that he's a player the Penguins like. Um, why? What do they see at this point in his career that they like him? I'm not saying they shouldn't. I'm just curious because it's been a while since Jack Johnson, to me, has been a player where we look at him and be, wow, he could be a missing piece. But I think... If there is, I also think the type of player Jack Johnson is, if there's anything left, he kind of fits what they want to do. I guess what I'm asking in the long run, in the very long run, and I apologize for that, Josh, is is this them thinking we have Sergei Gonchar, who's kind of like a defenseman whisperer, and this might be something <laughs> where there's a, there's a real opportunity to reclimate somebody? Well, you know, it's funny with Jack. He's never really panned out. Yeah. I mean, he, he's been a solid player. But for a guy who was, what, the third overall pick, um, yeah, he's never been an impact-type player. Uh, he does have the offensive skill that, that is at a level high enough to play for the Penguins, no question. And he plays kind of an abrasive game, and I think they feel like they could use that. And they really loved the pairing of Cole and Alexiak for a couple of months before they traded Cole. They, they liked kind of the, uh, the sandpaper that those guys played with, and they were both good enough with the puck to play with the big guys. Makes me think um, maybe think they, they, they shouldn't have really broken it up. Well, I agree, but I, I think they want some something similar to that, and they want Chad Ruedo ultimately to be the number seven guy. And he's a very good number seven defenseman, but I don't think he's more than that. I think we, he's, he's okay, but you I think he's a better. number seven on a Stanley Cup championship contender. Chad Ruedo yeah. makes a great number nine. Yeah, that's that's fair. I mean, I don't think he's terrible. I've never been a Chad Ruedo hater. Well, I don't dislike nice him. Guy. I just think like the difference between he's him giving you a like spot. You, he's all right. Yeah, he's. He's not a guy in your top six. That was a real deficiency for them last year. I mean, I could argue that the biggest, the two biggest reasons they're not the three-time Stanley Cup champion, perhaps, and the reason the Washington Capitals are was they had Mike Sullivan, both with guys like Chad Ruedel and then some of his insistence on not reuniting Kessel and Malkin, uh, putting guys like Sheary into the spots they were. I would argue that stubbornness or faith in some of guys that he trusted was maybe uh, misplaced. No, I, I think I think that's fair, and and I would 
I would say that, and I, we were talking about Jim Rutherford earlier. Jim didn't have a great summer last year, let's be honest. He, he said he it. Struck out he said it, not me. Summer. Everybody, that was Joey, <laughs> not me. Okay. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, he, you know, Niami was a mistake. Hunwick was a mistake. Hunwick's still on the team, isn't he? Or did I Who, miss Yeah. Yeah, for now. Yeah, like, I mean, I think we've all forgotten that. Like, you know, here, Hunwick, there, Hunwick, here. Like, but, I mean. Nice man. Yeah. He's a very nice I mean, man. I, I just, Josh, I, I guess what I'm saying is, you know, Jim Rutherford's had two fantastic summers, and he's had uh-huh. two that weren't. I'm not saying they were bad. They just yeah. weren't. You don't get to, I think the problem with Ray and Ray Shearer, the previous general manager, was here's how it can work in Pittsburgh because you have Crosby and Malkin, right? Uh-huh. You can have... That, that number can always be even, right? You can go 500 in the off-seasons. The minute it starts to be even one year where you have more not-so-great summers than you do great ones, that's a problem because that's one more year that these guys aren't going to be best situated to win. Is that a fair way to look at it? I think that's very fair. And now that they're in their 30s, it becomes an even bigger deal, Rob. I mean, as great as all three of them really were this year, especially Kessel and Malkin, they're not getting any better than they are now, I assure you, with their ages. That's yeah, I mean, I thought that three so. years ago, so I was wrong. So, Well, yeah, uh, you're right. And I, <laughs> I give them credit. Longevity is starting to become their friend. But, yes, they still need a supporting cast. And as great as they were, and as great as Crosby was in the playoffs, third and fourth lines didn't score, and guess what? Right. They, they didn't win. So that, that's not a coincidence. Josh Owey, my guest here on the Adam Crowley Show. Follow him at... Josh Yoey underscore PGH. You know him as the fantastic beat reporter for The Athletic. Um, Josh, you know, we're, we're talking about a lot of the big names. We're talking a lot about Phil Kessel, and we're talking a lot about Chris Letang. That's what Penguin followers, fans, reporters do. I'm, you know, maybe it's the, the geek in me. I'm more interested in Brian Rust, Jake Gensel, guys that, to me, contractually present a problem for the Penguins in terms of negotiating what their next deal is going to look like. And I wonder if, you know, do they have to make a decision this summer on a guy in that elk because they're looking down the line and looking at, like, the numbers aren't going to work? Well, yeah, I think that's true. And, in fact, I can tell you I asked Jim Rutherford about Jake Gensel. And he made it very clear that they will not be talking any contract this summer with him. That's an issue for next summer because they know he's going to get paid. He's going to get paid in a big way. And Brian Russ is getting a raise this summer, and this is the interesting spot. And, and Russ is a guy, boy, personally, I really like him. And I know for a fact Mike Sullivan and Jim Rutherford do also. But the problem with Brian Russ, he's a natural right wing, okay? If Daniel Sprong's on the team this year, like Jim Rutherford says he is, well, you've got Hornquist, Kessel, and Sprong as your top nine right wings. That's just the way it is. So you're either going to have Brian Rust overpaid as a fourth liner or playing out of position at left wing. And that's why they dangled him for Max Domi, and that's why they might dangle him a little more this summer. Would Phil Kessel, um, would Phil Kessel, Josh, look at his limited no-trade movement and expand the list of teams to get away from Mike Sullivan? I think you would. Um, from what I've been told, I think uh, I think Phil. You know what I think about Phil? I think he doesn't really care where he plays. Like I know that sounds like a 
federal yeah, employer. Well, I, I, I think just, that might be the place in the city, Josh, but I think in the lineup he cares where he plays. Well, yeah, that, that's fair. Um, so, uh, you know, would he want to play in Arizona with Rick Tockett? Absolutely. He would accept that trade in a heartbeat, even though they are not on his list. He can be traded to. I know that for a fact. So They're not on anybody's yeah, there list. Are, there are plenty of teams Phil will be okay with. Um, and, and I also, you know, need to say that Phil's not demanding some trade out of Pittsburgh. He doesn't really have an issue with staying, even though he and Mike Sullivan don't see eye to eye. I don't think Phil Kessel's ever liked the head coach that he played for. Uh, that's just the way it's always going to be with him. All right, so let's go to Chris Letang then, Josh. Uh, Josh Owey, my guest here. You know him from The Athletic. Uh, Josh, the, the Chris Letang situation is fascinating because – I don't envy Jim Rutherford here. To me, you don't move Chris Letang. He's still at his best, your best defenseman. He had a really tough ask last year to come back from that type of injury, that type of layoff, and to, you know, you know Chris. He, I think, if anything, maybe Chris, for the first time in his career this offseason, is taking into account what his limitations may be physically in a way that he never has and how he can adjust and I sort of think of Chris Letang as deserving an opportunity to adjust his game as we've seen Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin adjust their games. And if he does that with success anywhere near their success, he's going to be a fantastic player for this team and a significant reason why they can win again. That said, if he has one more bad year, I don't know if you can move him. Yeah, that's the interesting issue with him there. And by the way, Ray Shiro just walked past me as we're talking about Crystal Tang. I think that's kind of ironic, and I had to mention it. But um, Well, he's my Crystal big buddy, Tang. man. Tell him, you know, hey, Rossi says hi. We always talk so much at these drafts. Jeez. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, Tang, listen, we all know he had a bad year, and that's the thing with the Penguins. They're in a tough spot with him because his value right now isn't what it was a year ago because he had a bad year, and he's well, in his 30s now. And that said, if he has another bad year, you probably can't trade him. So do you trade him now for something, or do you just let him find himself again? I feel like the Penguins are doing the right thing. I'd be stunned if they trade him. I think they want him to have a summer, get his conditioning back to where he's used to having it, maybe work on those limitations a little bit in training camp, and let him play. And I know people say, oh, he makes too much money. Well, you know what? Um, seven and a quarter a year is, is actually not that bad for a number one defenseman. So even if he's not quite a number one defenseman anymore, if he's overpaid, it's only slightly. Well, so, right, Josh. And I, don't you have to look at their top four as a whole? And I think they got their top four as a whole for around 18, 19. Like, that's pretty good. Yes. Well, of course it is. And, I, you know, I just, I really feel like Crystal Tang has been such of a great player for so long for the Penguins. I realize he can be frustrating. I realize he's injury prone. But I think he's earned the right to be given this summer. You know, he's only, what, 15 months removed from neck surgery. That wasn't an easy thing to come back from. So I think that's what they should do with him, and I think that's what they're going to do with him. I, I don't think he's being dangled in a trade at all this summer. I don't disagree with you at all, Josh, but I will say this. I do find it fascinating that the general manager had an opportunity to address this and, and, and chose to leave out the possibility that the, if the right deal comes... Chris could be had. Um, I've known Chris a long time. You've known him a long time. I, as I've said, there's never a word Chris doesn't hear. Um, oh. I, I'm fascinated to see what type of player returns from this. I know it will be a motivated player. Um, do you think Chris is capable 
of spending an offseason evaluating his performance and accepting that less might be more? That's a really great question. And I'm That's why I'm still the master, everybody. <laughs> um, he is an extraordinarily prideful athlete. Um, I wouldn't say he's an egomaniac. That's not fair, but he's got a big ego, as most great players do. I, I don't know if he's capable of saying, you know what, I'm not quite that guy who was playing 30 minutes a night five years ago. I, I, I don't know if he has it in him. If he does, I haven't seen it yet. And that's going to be an issue moving forward for him in the Pelicans. There's no question about it because you know, he's played the same way for so long, and he's been effective when he's been healthy. You can't deny that. Um, I don't know if he has the wherewithal to change or the willingness. I'm I'm curious. I think it's a huge issue for the Penguins and for Latang moving forward, and I, I don't really know what the answer is. Josh Owey, my guest here on the Adam Crowley Show. This is Rob Rossi. You can follow Josh on the Twitter machine at Josh Yoey underscore PGH. Josh, I'll leave you with this one. Let's take Latang and let's take Kessel off the board. Player most likely not to be with the Penguins because of a trade by June 3rd. Boy, I, I will say Brian Rust if I had to pick one. And there are a couple of candidates. I think Sherry and Broussard are very good candidates as well to be traded, as is Matt Humlick. A couple of those for financial reasons. You're but sure he's I still think, on the team? Yeah, I think so. As far as I know. Can we fact-check that? <laughs> but um, Rust is, listen, they don't want to trade Rust. But they know they don't need him, and in the vein of trading a good player to get a good player back, um, he might be that guy. He is due for a pretty substantial raise, would help them with the cap a little bit perhaps. Um, that's my guess, but there's a few guys that are legitimate candidates. Who would score the goals in clinching games if Brian Russ was not on the team? I have no idea. Neither does Josh. All right, Josh, hey, go find a stoop and stand on it, man. Uh, good work all week. Uh, we'll keep reading. That's Josh Yoey. Follow him at The Athletic. Uh, we will be back here on The Adam Crowley Show. I'm Rob Rossi. This is ESPN Pittsburgh. Adam Crowley on his way to a wedding and then vacation. So I'm filling in for him for this last few minutes. I, I always feel bad for Adam when he has me on because I get these great guests and I do these fantastic interviews and I'm able to do an entire show without callers because I don't need you people. Um, and then he has to come back and just sort of like follow that up. But he's not going to be back for what, like a couple weeks. He's still off for a whole next week. If Adam Crowley leaves his show for a week and nobody listens, did it actually happen? Travis, you got any thoughts? That's, that's a good question. Do you have different people filling in every week or is it just... It's uh, Tim Benz, Monday through Wednesday, and then it's Wes Euler from Philly Radio. Oh, no one's going to listen to that. No. So, what am yeah. I? I mean, it's like you got the most important man in the world over here, and you're just kind of talking about a guy from Philadelphia. I'm not sure I like that. I really don't. Travis, you're back. Yeah, I never left. I was down the hall. I know. I saw you. I almost came in and tried to scare you. but I Yeah, I was working on some stuff for my show, which starts in like 10 minutes. Yes. Not yeah. here. Oh, elsewhere. How are you going to make it, Travis? Uh, it's a long walk. Traffic's crazy. It's a very long walk, Travis. Yeah, so, traffic, all that stuff. Um, you know, I've not talked about anything other than the Penguins today, and I wanted to ask you a question. Uh, I feel like we've hit the point of the pirate season where it's very, very easy to sort of go days without paying attention. 
And, um, you know, like the way it's working now is like you go to a website and you're like, I wonder what their record is. You don't even check the result of the game. It's like, what's the record? Uh, what could make you excited about the Pirates season this year? Because they're not, they're not terrible. Nothing. They're not. They're just. Nothing at all. And I don't know. I, I love going to the ballpark. Everybody does. I don't. So I'm not going to condemn people that go. You should. But, well, if you want to be that guy, go ahead. But yeah. I mean, it's a nice night at the ballpark. It's it's, it, it's cheap. Not, Cheapest. Not yeah. Always. Well, the the beer's not the beer and, and popping water and food. That's not all cheap. But uh, tickets are. You can get a ticket for under five bucks any night. You can. You can walk right in. I do. Yeah, I know. I know that. But yeah, I don't know what can get me excited. They're not gonna. They're not gonna be in a wild card hunt. Probably not, unless some miracle happens. That's the thing. People were all high and mighty whenever the Pirates went off to that hot start. Everyone's like, "Oh, see, you don't even know. Like they're going to be so sick." And then they lost what, fifteen of of twenty, and they so nothing can get you excited about the mighty Bucko. Well, when the season's over, I see that. I would rather they be awful, like they had been for twenty years. That's the most frustrating part. Like, like this is like the last two years is just bleh. like the the sort of they're not good, they're not bad, they just kind of exist. Like to me. The best thing about Pittsburgh sports the last 20 years is there hasn't been a lot of opportunity for us to follow teams that were just sort of mediocre. Like we had that brief run where the Steelers were eight and eight for a while. And, you know, the pirates for 20 years were bad. Then they were really good. You know, the penguins have been pretty good. Even like, you know, when all you spoiled brat fans thought from 2009 to 2000 and, 16 that the whole world was ending they they had it they were thought of as a cup contender every year and then when the, like i said before that before the crosby era when they were bad they were like bottom of the barrel bad so this is just tough like this is like this is like having to have an mls team be your number two team in town and they're 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 going to be at the point where they're probably still mathematically very much going to be in the race and well, everybody's in the race well, and they're going to and they're going to sell off anyway well they should though I say get worse so you can get great. Isn't that the plan every year? No, they're not really committing to that. Like, they sold late on these guys. I think, if anything, like, this year, like, any good player they have right now that is on the contract that isn't the sort of affordable contract. So Josh Harrison. Josh Harrison. But I'd say Starling Marta, any of them. Like, I'd be like, go. Get whatever you can and bring some of these young kids up because you're not going to win a championship with these guys. And, like, they I refuse get, to play the young guy. They, they sit Meadows for, for Sean Rodriguez, and he's yeah. not even good at anything. They're just, yeah, that's true. I, I, here's a fair question, though. They have a lot of contractual ties to Gregory Polanco. I'm not sure he's a baseball player anymore. No, he's been pretty bad. Like, he's, he has looked like, honestly, he has as much reason to be Sidney Crosby's winger as he does a corner outfielder for the Pirates. Like, I mean, I'm astonished. He looks like he does nothing well right now. It's, I mean, it'd be one thing if like, oh, there's this hole in his swing, but, you know, he does this in the field. He can't run. He can't throw. He can't hit. It's like, I mean, it's like when you and I used to play catch at the trip, like, you know, yeah, he can throw it from 20 feet away to one another, but he's going to drop it a lot too, so... Yeah, you do a couple good things sometimes, but yeah. most of the time not. No, I just I I don't like not having a reason to be interested in the Pirates. 
I honestly, Rob, I haven't paid attention. You pay attention on like the fringe, and you listen to sports talk, and you read articles. But like, I haven't, I haven't sat down and watched a pirate game, unless I was at a family gathering, and that was the only thing going on, or something like that. That's it's just a bummer to and me. And the other thing is, whenever I drive through town to get from one job to the next to come to the radio station at night. It's six thirty, six forty-five. Yeah, there's no traffic. It, it's it's there, as if nothing's going on. Like one there's of the, one of the more jarring scenes in Pittsburgh that doesn't involve real life, right? Sure, is when the pirates are at home and you drive across, you drive across the bank of the Allegheny on the other side. And remember when you used to be able to, even if you drove past, you'd see like smatterings of fans, even when they were bad. Oh yeah, all you see is blue. Yep, just the seats. It's not good, man. The whole MLB has a problem with attendance. Yeah, well... Pirates just are the... They're really at the bottom. Yeah. So, uh, what clowns are you plugging again? Ah, uh, Kelsey Ballerini, Keith Urban tomorrow. You know just her. listen to my radio show. You know, yeah, kind of. She's my first ever professional interview. That's fantastic. Yeah, we're about the same age. She, uh... She my, has, mine was Kobe Bryant. She has uh, millions of followers, dollars, uh, very famous. And then you have me, who's even more True. famous and has more money, if you want to think that. Kobe Bryant. <laughs> This is fun. Thanks. All right, Travis. Thanks for joining me. Everybody else, thanks for listening. It was your pleasure, not mine. Adam Crowley will be back in a week. You'll have some other people next week who aren't as important as me either. I'm Rob Rousey. This is ESPN Pittsburgh.